What's up guys and welcome to the first ever podcast on this new channel that I just created. It's called Fairweather Fan. It's very low maintenance. I described a little bit about it on my YouTube channel or my other YouTube channel if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. Uh, This podcast will be going up on Spotify and on YouTube every week, well, or every time that I make an episode. Uh, so if you want to listen to it on Spotify, you can go ahead and do that. If you want to listen to it on YouTube, uh, you can go ahead and do that. There's a video on the YouTube one. I'm not sure if I'll keep that up, but, uh, I'm going to try to make this work as much as I possibly can. So, like I said, this is the first ever episode. My name is Anthony, uh, and on this podcast, I intend to talk about NASCAR and Philly sports. And I know that you're really not supposed to combine the two things. You're not supposed to combine, um, you know, two topics together for a podcasting series, but I don't care. This is pretty low maintenance, um, and I'm just going to talk about whatever I feel like talking about. So, um, if I pause for a while and I'm looking at something, that just means I'm looking down at my notes, just by the way. Um, yeah. So, I'll go over a little bit about some of the stuff uh, that I have scheduled or some of the stuff that I'll be doing with this platform. So, uh, first of all, there is obviously a podcast. Um, There's going to be an episode probably once every couple of weeks or so. Um, I'm going to be most active on social media. I'm going to be using the social media pages, which are uh, Instagram and Twitter. uh, And they can be found in a link in the description of the YouTube video. it's just at Fairweather Fan, uh, fan with PH, uh, because, you know, Philly. Um, so, yeah, you can find all those links in the description of YouTube. Um, and then just follow them if you're listening to this on Spotify. Um, I'm going to be posting there most often, probably at least once a day now. Um, it's mostly going to be rants about the Flyers and the Sixers and maybe a little bit of NASCAR. Um, I'm basically going to be spamming your feed. So if you want that, uh, go check that out. Probably not spamming too much. I'm not going to be like that active on it. Not like I was on my, um, on my Twitter account a few weeks ago when I was just ranting three or four times a game about each Philly sports team. Um, but yeah, also I have, um, a blog. It's taken me a while to try to set up this blog. Um, and that's going to be, there are going to be blog posts, uh, whenever I really, I feel like typing something that I don't want to make a video about and that's too long to write about on social media, or I want to give my immediate opinion on a Philly sports game or a race or something. Uh, and then finally YouTube videos, um, other than podcasts, uh, it's kind of uncertain right now what I will be uploading in terms of other YouTube videos. Uh, but there's going to be shorter material on the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll see what that entails. It might just wind up being like highlights or something like that. Or like, you know, me going to a game like footage I record of a stadium, something like that. We'll see, I guess. Um, you know, I, I plan on going to the Dover race uh, for NASCAR in a few months. So I might record some footage there. Uh, and I'm probably going to vlog that on my other YouTube channel as well. Uh, I'll try to remember to put the link to that in the description. It's Man Cave Studios. Uh, For those listening on Spotify, it's um, basically a white logo with uh, film, basically. And inside the film is uh, Man Cave Studios spelled out. And there's a camera on the side uh, of the logo. 
But yeah, uh, I intend to upload some kind of shorter videos here as well on YouTube. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. But I kind of, what happened when I was uh, really trying to start this up is um, I thought about this idea a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then I wound up going to Atlantic City to film a tournament down there uh, for uh, the NCAA or for college basketball, I should say. Um, and so when I came back, I already kind of had this idea laid out. Uh, and so I'm going ahead with it. And I'm, I, I didn't do any promotion for it. I'm hoping to kind of uh, gain some following like uh, what? How do I describe it? I, I'm not really promoting it on my own social media pages because I want to see if I can like get a base from the bottom without like talking to any of my friends or anything and asking them to follow it. Uh, not that I'm like ashamed of anything I'll say or that um, you know it's obviously called Fairweather Fan, so it's gonna be automatically a bunch of just bad takes. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to try to build this up from the ground, and we'll see what happens. The last time I built up a, pro, a social media presence from the ground, it wound up getting over 800 followers. So we'll see about this, I guess. Um, but anyway, let's get on to today's topics. So I'm going to start with the Flyers and then talk a bit about the Sixers. And then I'll talk about the most recent NASCAR race, which was Phoenix. And I didn't write that down, so I'm frantically typing that down now that I want to talk about that. Um, so yeah, the Flyers. They lost 5-4 to four to Washington the other day. I was there, unfortunately. Actually, no. You know what? It was a good game. Uh, I, I could complain about the first two periods. But I got to at least celebrate the third goal. I got that on camera for my vlog, and I was hyped that I actually got a goal, and I recorded a goal for the Flyers. Um, and then I missed the one that made it 5-4 on camera, but I was uh, watching intently at that point. And so they made it a one-goal game, and I got to jump up and down and celebrate a little bit for the first time in a sporting venue since um, the... February 2020? No. No, even before that, because I wasn't there as a fan last year. Uh, I think the last time that I genuinely celebrated at a sporting event was uh, the Phillies playing the Dodgers a few years ago. And I think the Phillies won that game. Or at least they made it close. Um, but I'm pretty sure they won that game. That was actually, I think, the first game that the MLB YouTube channel broadcasted. So if you go back, you can probably watch that game on YouTube. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, some of the home run shots you might be able to see me because I was uh, in the first section uh, or in the in the 100 level in the outfield for that. Uh, but anyway, in terms of the Flyers, they wound up losing 5-4 to four to Washington. They're not in a playoff spot right now. Uh, let me check the standings real quick. Uh, but the last I checked, there were three points out of fourth place, which is now owned by the Bruins, which is never a good sign for Philadelphia, or at least not this year. Yep, still three points out. Boston is in fourth with an equal amount of games played. They have 32 points. We have 29 points. Pittsburgh in third, they have 35 points. Uh... And we have two games to play over them, but even if we won both of those games, which we probably won't, we'd still be two points behind them. 
So it's not looking good for Philly sports right now. We're going to miss the playoffs this year, guys. I hate to say it, but we're going to miss the playoffs. But that's okay, because we're kind of used to that at this point. Um, had a pretty good year last year. Well, the Flyers need to do is they have to realize that not every goalie is Semyon Varlamov, and they have to start getting the puck in the net. And they did that decently in the last game. But what they need to do more than anything, and I see a lot of people blaming Hart and blaming Brian Elliott, just blaming the goaltending situation. Goaltending is not the problem by any stretch of the imagination. It is entirely the defense. Shane Gossespierre is a turnover machine. You could get a broken turnstile to play in his position, and it would still have fewer holes. So I don't know why he hasn't been benched at this point. And I was kind of a, I was kind of sad, honestly, when he scored that goal against Washington because that just meant that they're going to keep him out there for another game without benching him. But let's look. Let's take a look. At, I mean, we know that you know the Flyers. Their main target right now is Matthias Ekholm. That would be great for the first pair. Because Justin Braun is... I don't know why they have Justin Braun out there on the first pair. They have Nate Prosser playing on the third pair right now. That's just sad. Like, I don't even know what to say about it. They, so they, they, they have the second pair. Sanheim and Myers. That's pretty good. I don't mind that. Ivan Provorov, Justin Braun on the first pair. Well, Provorov, honestly... I hate to say it, but Provorov has also been kind of a turnover machine this year. You know, he's uh, he, he's he's just been mediocre, to be honest. Like, everyone on defense, it seems like, has been mediocre. Even, I mean, up until last game, Myers was fine, but then he started turning the puck over a little bit. San, Sanheim's been all right, you know, but there's nothing special about this defense. It's basically, you know... A decent first pair, well, a, a, an average first pair, a, a decent second pair, and then whatever the hell this third pair is, that is ridiculous. So yeah, Matthias Ekholm, let's talk about him. Should the Flyers get him? I think that's pretty much like a really easy answer, yes. Because if you look at the Flyers season so far, it didn't start off that bad. They just completely, like, lost it. Like, hold on, let, let's go over this ske- the the season for a second, if I can get this schedule up. So we started the season pretty good. We we played the Penguins twice. We beat them by three goals both times. The first game was um, that six three game. The second game was uh, the game where it was 3-2 to two after the first period and the Flyers wound up winning 5-2. So we had a pretty good feeling at that point. You know, we went, we, I think we were home for that series. Um, we took care of business there. We swept the Penguins. It was great. We're all feeling good. And then we lose 6-1 to the Sabres. And it's like, okay, great. It's the same Flyers team as last year. They'll win some games and then the games that they lose, they'll drop really badly. And occasionally to really bad teams. Like the Devils last year, didn't they lose 6-1 to to them? Or 5-1 to one or something? Or 5 nothing? I don't even remember, but it was bad. And then they come back the next game and they win 3 nothing. So you know what? It's okay. They split the series versus Sabres. You know, we're all thinking, okay, we're 3-1-0. There's no reason to panic. 
Boston comes to town. Or we go to Boston. And, I mean, we haven't beaten Boston at all this year. The first game they lost in a shootout. The second game they decided to show up the same way that they did against the Sabres. Same game strategy. They lost 6-1. to one. And so, you know, even at that point, it's like, okay, we're 3-2-1. and one. You know, we've got, what's that, seven points? So they, I think they were still on top of the division at that point. They they swept the Devils. They swept the Islanders. Seven two and one. Here we go. First place in the Mass Mutual East Division, and then they lose to Boston in overtime. And it's like, okay, well at least they lost in overtime. And then they lose again in regulation, which wouldn't have been a problem if they had won the first game. But no, or any game against Boston. If they had won the first game that they played the season against Boston, if they had won the first game that they played in that series against Boston, but no, now they're 0-2-2 against Boston. So you've picked up two points out of eight against a team that right now is fourth. And guess who they don't have? Tory Krug and Zdeno Chara, two of their main guys that got them to the Stanley Cup a couple years ago and were big on their team last year as well. And so you're losing to this team, and you're supposed to be the best team. But you know what? They they go on on Super Bowl Sunday. They beat the the Capitals seven to four. Scored more touchdowns than the Kansas City Chiefs. I remember the the Flyers social media posted something about that. And then we go to that long COVID break, and they don't play a game for ten days or something like that. And they come back, and they're really short man. And we don't expect much of them because you know. They're play, even though they're playing the Rangers, who do they really have at that point? I mean, they've got Konechny's out. Uh, I think Couturier was out. No, Couturier might not have been out. Uh, Voracek was out. Uh, pretty much half the good side of the team was out. And so they wound up taking it to overtime, taking it to a shootout, and then they lost to the Rangers in the shootout. But, you know, at least they picked up a point there. And then they forced through that Lake Tahoe game where the Flyers get killed 7-3. And, you know, even though we've sucked against Boston this season, even that was acceptable because still a lot of the guys that we rely on were out. But then we come back. We start getting all the guys back. We beat the Rangers 4-3. We beat the Sabres. We beat them again 3-0. So we outscore them 6-0. In that series. And everybody, everything's looking up. All we got to do is... Because, you know, now we're on the fringe of being out of a playoff spot. Because of all this crap that's happened with the COVID protocol list and all that. And how the NHL was forcing through these games that shouldn't have been forced through. But you know what? It's okay. Because all we have to do is be better than Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is our main competition. So even if we're third or fourth, we've still got a ton of games in hand. And if we beat Pittsburgh, everything will be fine. All we have to do is win two of three and we'll stay in a playoff spot and we'll be fine. And then they lose to Pittsburgh five to two. And then they go down three nothing to Pittsburgh in the second game. And we're lucky that Claude Giroux uh, clawed his way back into this game. I, I'm not even going to say the Flyers clawed their way back in. No, Claude Giroux was the entire reason that the Flyers won that game. Um, I actually shut it off, so I didn't see the rest of that game because, you know, fair weather fan. You know what I'm saying? And then they lose the next game. 
So they lose the rubber match. So they l drop two of three. And that's not good because you can't drop two of three against a team that's in the same division as you and expect to make the playoffs because they're all in the same division. That's why early on in the season, I was so mad at this team for taking every game that they won to overtime because you can't give up that many points this year. You have to win in regulation because the teams that you give up points to, it's not like you're playing. I mean, if you're playing a team on the West Coast, that's one thing. You know, you, you kind of, if the game's tied in the last five minutes and you don't score and you're playing the Anaheim Ducks or something, it doesn't matter. They don't. That doesn't affect you. Every point matters this year. Every point that you give up to another team matters. So you can't keep giving this stuff up. And then they, the Sabres, the next game after, or no, two games after that, that goes to a shootout and they win. So you're giving up points to the Sabres now. Great job. Although Sabres are last. But I mean still, stop stop giving up all these points. They lost to the Capitals before that. Then they lose to the Capitals on Thursday. And then they lose to them again on Saturday. So they have lost, um, let's see, four of their last five games they have lost. And that's five out of their last seven. And yeah. They're still 5-5-0 five, five, in their last 10. I have no idea how. Obviously, this division is the hardest division in the NHL to make the playoffs. Because, to be honest, all five of these teams deserve to make the playoffs the way that they're playing right now. Like, Pittsburgh's won five straight. The Isles have won nine straight. Washington, four straight. You know Boston's going to make the playoffs. I mean, they have our number. And they're, you know, they lost Krug, they lost Chara, but they're still, they, they still deserve, and I think they're going to get into the third seed. It's the Flyers. And, you know, I thought at the beginning of the season, hey, the Flyers have a good chance to make the playoffs again after last season. You know, they all, all they need is a little bit of defense. It's time for Matias Ekholm. They really need to just make a move already. Get start. Be First of all, stop playing Shane Gossis Bear. Okay, like whatever happened to Eric Gustafson? Because Eric Gustafson, he was a turnover machine, but not in the not even close to the same way that Gossis Bear is. And I still don't get why they have him out on the power play either. I mean. Wasn't that goal he scored actually against Washington? Wasn't that a power play goal? I mean, either way, it's just they're they're never gonna get rid of him. They're I mean, let's see, yeah, Shane Goss' spare power play goal. That was a third goal against Washington. So yeah, it's sad. It's sad to be a Philly sports fan right now. Or at least a Flyers fan right now. Anyway, let's move on. Um the Philadelphia 76ers, they've been our escape from the Flyers all season. And now Joel Embiid is out with an injury. And so that sucks. But at least they beat the Spurs the other night. Which, um, let's see. Oh, the, NH the NBA, they just gave their power rankings. So let's see. They've got the Nets. Somehow they have the Nets in first and the Sixers in second. That's crazy. 
So they lose Joel Embiid, and now they're second in the um, in the power rankings. It's gonna be tight if they get Kyle Lowry. They could honestly still contest for the East. And maybe even the whole thing. I mean, I don't know what the update is on Anthony Davis. Apparently, it says he's progressing towards a return, but is at least out another two weeks. You know, I, I still think if he if he does come back, then, um, then the Lakers are going to win it all. Um, and if the, if the Lakers can stay healthy, then they'll win it all. Um, even, even with all the guys that the Nets have now, they, they basically have like the entire 2015 NBA all-star, like every, everyone in their lineup apparently was an NBA all-star a few years ago. So despite the Sixers still being first in the East, they, they have the second best defensive rating in the league. I assume the Jazz are first. Oh, no, they're not, actually. The Jazz are third, so the Jazz are... Oh, yeah, the Lakers are uh, first in defensive rating. Uh, they're 17th in offensive rating, though. The Sixers are 12th in offensive rating and second in defensive rating uh, and sixth in net rating, so that's pretty good, um, which is actually above the Nets. Um, they need to get Lowry. But the problem is, I don't know how much they're going to give up. I was reading an article, though, where it was talking about Danny Green. Hold on, let me let me try to pull up the exact article. Because it was, oh, Danny Green, Seth Curry, and Mike Scott. That's not a bad deal, honestly. If you're trying to win now, like... Just think about who you still have on that team also coming off the bench. Like, you you would definitely... I, I assume Furkan Korkmaz would have to go down to small forward. Um, oh, this is not what I want. Sorry, something just came up. Anyway. Um, Danny Green, Mike Scott, Seth Curry. Seth Curry has been, since he had COVID... He's been pretty inconsistent, and that's not really his fault. You know, obviously COVID has different effects on everybody. Um, I've been saying for weeks they need to find a way to get rid of Danny Green, so that wouldn't be too much of a loss. Mike Scott, he's kind of average. I mean, they still have some pretty good centers, too, especially now that Tony Bradley is performing. Uh you know, I know they had Mike Scott in for Joel Embiid one game, but like Tony Bradley went off the other day. So like if I'm the Raptors, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe getting Bradley instead of Scott. I mean, this article is a few days old, but then it also says there could be a deal for Green, Scott, Matisse, and Tony Bradley, or Dwight Howard. That would be a really dumb deal. Because Matisse went off yesterday. Tony Bradley is really promising. Dwight Howard is a pretty good backup center. Um, Green and Scott, you know, they can get rid of Green and Scott. I would, I would still prefer if they got rid of Seth Curry. Even if, I mean, because... 
what would uh, there there's just a lot of moving pieces with this, but I would love that deal. But you would have a starting lineup that consists of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Kyle Lowry. Did I say did I hit hold on, let me redo that. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Kyle Lowry, Tobias Harris. Those four in a starting lineup, and then you still have a bench of Matisse Thibel and you know Tony Bradley. He's playing really good right now, and let's. I'm I'm definitely forgetting some guys on this team. Um, let me go back and try to look at the box score yesterday. But I mean, the Sixers bench has been really good this season too. Like, I mean, in the past. They've kind of been, you know, kind of all right. Um, hold on. Let me try to get the box score up from yesterday. Just because yesterday they put up 134 points. Um, uh, Dwight Howard. Shake Mil- yeah, Shake Milton, man. He's been really good this year. He might. I mean, I, su- I think he might have a case for, like, a sixth man of the year finalist because he has shown up. He didn't have that many points in the last game. He only had four, but he only had, like, 14 minutes of playing time. But aside from that, Tyrese Maxey is pretty good. I think the Sixers could probably package Tyrese Maxey if they wanted to and then get, like, Keep they they might be able to keep Mike Scott if they put Tyrese Maxey in a deal, but I might be wrong about that. Um, Isaiah Joe's been pretty good. A lot of people have been calling on him to start um, instead of Furcon when Seth Curry was out. Um, and then Paul Reed, man, Paul Reed, so inspirational. He scored yesterday. That was pretty. I, I saw all of Sixers Twitter was like begging. For the Sixers to put him in. But I mean that would be a really crazy starting lineup. You have Ben Simmons as a guard. Kyle Lowry as a guard. You've got Joel Embiid at center. And then probably Furkan Korkmaz. And Tobias Harris. Instead of Danny Green and Tobias Harris. That would be a great starting lineup. I mean Furkan has kind of been inconsistent. But he dropped 16 yesterday. And he dropped even more a few days ago. So, you know, if that's a weak position, that that's always been the weak position. If you can get Furcon to play small forward, though, all the time, then that should be good. Because if you have all of these other guys, then, you know, and that's your weakness, but your bench still isn't a weakness, that is a title contending team. It's Lowry's salary is the only thing. But I don't know who else the Sixers might get. I know they were talking about Beal. Let's see. There's an article about five potential targets for the 76ers, including P.J. Tucker, um, Kyle Lowry, Terrence Ross, who's averaging 15 points per game, P.J. Tucker, He's, he's only averaging four points per game. I, I know, you know, 
If you're the Sixers, you have to win now, though. Here we go. Evan Fournier. Fournier? I've never heard of this guy, but he's pretty good this season. Um, and then Austin Rivers. <laughs> Doc Rivers' son, right? Uh, yeah. I think you have to go for Lowry. I don't care what his contract is. I mean, 18 points per game. Seven assists per game. Two, almost three three-pointers per game. You, Yeah, you've got to go after Lowry. Let's see what he's shooting this season. Uh, oh, it probably won't tell me. Oh, here we go. He's, yeah, he's been pretty good shooting this season. I mean, he's had a few uh, pretty bad games. Like, he's he's been a little bit inconsistent. But, you know, there's a lot of 50%. There's a lot of 60s. It won't show me an average. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think you have to get Lowry at this point. But anyway, let's move on now. To the final tap, the final topic, which is the most recent NASCAR race at Phoenix. So I actually didn't watch this race. I just saw the results. But Martin Truex Jr. won. Um, it this playoffs, these playoffs are gonna be, or not even before the playoffs are gonna be insane because you have five different winners now. There's 16 playoff spots. So Michael McDowell right now, he's 11th in uh, the projected playoff points. So he could drop out of that mix, honestly. He's the lowest of all of them. Like, I know there was all that talk about, hey, Michael McDowell is going to be in the playoffs at the beginning of the season. you got to be more careful with that now because he might not even make it. But... Denny Hamlin's in first in points. Martin Truex is now second in points, which is crazy. Gibbs are 1-2. Um, third in points is Kyle Larson. And then fourth are the two Penske guys, Brad Keselowski and then Joey Logano. And then sixth is Christopher Bell, so another Gibbs guy. Um, pretty much what we can take away from the season so far is that Gibbs, Hendrick, and Penske. Those are the three big guys. Those are, those are the three big teams. Stuart Haas has been kind of mediocre this season. I mean, there was a lot of promise with Eric Almirola. Um... I thought that Chase Briscoe was going to be doing better. I mean, he was great in Xfinity last season. He won, what, like eight or nine races? So, like, I know he's hopping into a new car. I didn't think he'd be 25th in points. I mean, he's 25th. Almirola's 26th. And Cole Custer is actually above both of them. And he's he's still only 20th. So, the Stuart Haas guys are 10, 20, 25-26. One of them's got to win at some point. But even even this season, like that might not matter. They still might miss the playoffs if they win. 
I think Harvick is a lock for the playoffs. Um, you know, he was. We were saying that he was a lock for the championship four last year, and so we kind of realized that the point system uh, is a little bit messed up. Um, I mean, we've known that for a while now, but Harvick definitely deserved to be in that championship four last year, and I think he would have won it all. But here's the thing. You know, a lot of people after that Martinsville race were kind of complaining because Harvick should have been in the championship four because he was clearly the best driver all season. But we don't really do, we don't award champions in the United States the same way that other countries or sports in other countries do, like with so- like with soccer, pretty much. Um, in the United Kingdom, in the um, English Premier League, they award the championship to the team that had the most points in a season. Points being uh, three points for a win, one point for a draw, none for a loss. Um, Bundesliga is the same way. Pretty much all the Italian leagues or all the European leagues are the same way. We don't really do that the same way in the United States. We have playoffs. You know, it's the same reason that the 16-0 New England Patriots weren't the champions in 2008 when they played the Giants in the Super Bowl because that was the one game they needed to win that game and they didn't win that game. And so we know we call the Giants the Super Bowl 42 champions as a result. Even though the Patriots were better all season and they went into that game um, six games ahead of the New York Giants, they had six more wins than them. We didn't call them the champions. The Washington Nationals in 2019 were a wild card team. They barely made it into the playoffs. And they wound up winning the whole thing. Um, in 2012, the Los Angeles Kings, they were the eighth seed in the West. They won the Stanley Cup. Definitely weren't the best team all season. They barely even made the playoffs too. They had to trade Jeff Car- for Jeff Carter just to get in. And then they went 16-4 and and won the title. It's not about the season as a whole. It's not about who was the best all season. The way that the NASCAR playoffs are structured is the best driver doesn't always win the championship. Jeff Gordon is the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. So how does he have three less championships than Jimmy Johnson and Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt because of the system because the chase didn't award the year-long best driver with the championship the chase made it so that the person that performed well enough in the last whatever 10 races I think it was the person that performed well enough in those select races won the championship. But Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson wouldn't even bear, be where he was at without Jeff Gordon, let's be honest. Like, a lot of people call Jimmy Johnson the greatest of all time. In the regular in, in the regular season, before the chase, he really wasn't that special. And his crew knew it. His team knew it. 
You know, all all he had to do was kind of coast through the season, lock in a playoff spot, and then you don't really have to care where you're at at that point. You just have to get in the playoffs and then turn it on. Start investing heavily in the playoffs. You you know, you've you're pretty much loaded up, you're ready to go because you haven't had to compete really that much all year or you you've had to compete just enough to get in the chase. But Jeff Gordon, there are at least two championships he should have won, one of which over Jimmy Johnson. And, you know, Jeff Gordon, obviously, he competed in the two most competitive eras in NASCAR, period. You know, he had to go against guys starting with Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt, and then he had to compete against Jimmy Johnson. I'm not saying Jimmy Johnson isn't a good driver. I'm saying Jeff Gordon was a better driver. But... Jeff Gordon had to go against guys like Jimmy Johnson and eventually Kyle Busch, um, who are kind of generational talents. Um, you know, Mark Martin, he, he he was in that golden era of competition in NASCAR, and he still was the best then. And he was the best. He was competing for a championship all the way until the end. In his last season, he was he was still in the championship four. Jimmy Johnson didn't make the playoffs in his last season. Um, you know, Dale Earnhardt, I would say, is a close second. Richard Petty competed in an era where there wasn't that much competition to begin with. So he has the most wins, but a lot of those were against amateurs. Um, you know, guys that hadn't invested that much time in their childhood into racing. It's, like, it's almost like calling Wilt Chamberlain. The greatest of all time um, with Richard Petty. He's definitely up there. He's a generational talent. He's one of the greatest of all time. Not the greatest. If I had to rank the top four, it would be Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, and then that's tough to go between Johnson and Petty. I would say Petty and then Johnson. But, you know, I'm also going off of wins, too. Uh, to an extent. So, like, Earnhardt won more races than Johnson, so I think that Earnhardt was the better driver. I think he won more races than Johnson. If not, switch the two around. Um, but Earnhardt, Earnhardt really popularized the sport as well. Like, he was, he was the second guy to come along and make the sport as popular as it was, uh, you know, after Petty. Um, but anyway... That, anyway, that's going to be it for this video. Um, thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, FairweatherFan is my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's spelled P-H-A-N, Fan. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, the links will be in the description of the YouTube video. Uh, I've also got a website where everything is located. It's called fairweatherfan.weebly.com. Yes, I still have that Weebly link at the end. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see when the next podcast is. I might mention it on social media at some point. But yeah, thank you guys very much for listening. I hope to see you next time.